0: Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me is my co-host, Gavin Struve. Today, we're going to break down all the latest in Nebraska sports from men's basketball, women's basketball, throw in a little bit of wrestling. But first, Gavin, how are you doing today on this fine afternoon?
1: I'm feeling grateful today, Joseph. Um, I'll tell you why. It's because, first of all, we're getting some decent weather in Mm -hmm. Lincoln today and this week, and I'm enjoying the rain, um, but more so because we're in the, what I consider the meat of the college basketball season. Um, we, for the most part, know teams' identities. Um, we're a couple of weeks away from postseason play, um, so try and, you know, obviously excited about that, but trying not to, try to appreciate the rest of the regular season as it unfolds, see how things shake up. Um, so yeah, I think this podcast will reflect that it is very much college basketball season. Absolutely. At the Super Bowl last week, and that means it is
0: full on to getting ready for March Madness coming up here. Um, Nebraska basketball, let's dive into that first. You say teams kind of know what they are by now. This team continues to surprise us, continues to surprise most people by just winning games that they aren't expected to win. And it's been quite impressive to say the least, especially at home, especially with uh, the crowd being incredible. It's the best I've seen, the crowd. I don't, I'm do not i going to assume the same for you in your four years here um, with Nebraska basketball. So it's been fun for the Huskers to pull off some big-time wins at home lately. We were both at this last game against Wisconsin. Um, you were covering it for the DN. Your uh, gamer is on the site. What was your biggest takeaway from that game, and what did you enjoy about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the... I don't know. I don't know if I learned something um, specifically about the team I didn't know before, but I was pretty surprised to see, you know, that significant of a comeback. Um, I was, I'll admit, I was about a quarter way into my game story <laughs> when they uh, fell down seventeen. It's the nature of the um, business. Yeah, you you, you got to pre-write. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't considering them dead uh, dead yet, but uh, yeah, I certainly didn't think they'd come back from seventeen points down. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were kind of we were. Texting during it, and we talked after, and we both kind of thought that they weren't playing that horribly. No, when they were down, um, and Wisconsin was shooting like sixty percent. Obviously, that like reverted to the mean, and then some because they mm-hmm. finished like under forty percent. But um, yeah, that was very very entertaining games at least.
0: Yeah, to start there, it just felt like they weren't. It, it wasn't Nebraska basketball where you felt like, oh, they're making so many st- mistakes and should be in this game. It was just Wisconsin's shooting lights out. They can't miss. Even some – you know, Chucky Hepburn wasn't playing that great to start and just other guys were stepping up around him. So that was – for the crowd in attendance, that was frustrating because you couldn't really be frustrated with the play of Nebraska. They were shooting pretty well. I think they were at like 47%. But like you said, Wisconsin was shooting 60% in the second half, or in the first half and they take that big lead in the halftime. You go, oh, here we go again. Huskers fall away late, kind of just let the game run away from them like they have – as of you know, multiple times this season, and then they come out of half, and pretty soon they're all of a sudden ahead. It was very similar to the game script of the Purdue game, I felt like, where yeah. they fall down pretty significantly early in a game that they can win clearly. They, they're not too outmatched. That, I mean, obviously for Purdue that was more impressive because it's Purdue. But same thing with Wisconsin. You fall down early, you feel like, man, they, they, they could be in this game easily, come back in the second half, take it to overtime, you know, close down at the end. And uh, this one, they flipped the script. They were able to win in overtime. And that was thanks to that incredible overtime period where Wisconsin completely fell off the face of the earth. You got to feel frustrating if you're yes. a Wisconsin fan there because two points in overtime, just cannot let that happen. That was similar to what Nebraska had in that overtime against Purdue. But uh, they weren't able to uh, – Chucky Hepburn wasn't able to revive his his miracle magic. So I, what we were talking about this. Hepburn returning. He's played here before last year, if I'm not mistaken. But I think that was over winter break when there were no students in attendance. The students were not a big fan of Chucky Hepburn, to say the least. And you said that kind of surprised you there. I wasn't as surprised. Um, But what what do you think that meant for, you know, the Nebraska kid to come home and and draw really loud boos
1: off the jump from from his home state? I mean, I guess it means he's doing something right if if he's getting attention like that. But I'll tell you it wasn't just the students um okay. from my my vantage point of the press box, you know surrounded by um i guess you're you're right below some of the lower bowl seats, so some decent mm-hmm. tickets um or you're right above them, and there were i mean it seemed like the whole arena or contingency of the whole <laughs> arena was booing him, which yeah I, I didn't I didn't know how it would go um and he we talked about he had the opportunity for like the ultimate oh yeah villain moment at the end I can't imagine and i didn't i was like. I asked Fred post-game, um, I was like, were you guys happy with that shot? And he pretty much said in a more roundabout way. And it was like, yeah, I was happy. We're happy we didn't let him penetrate and how they, <laughs> you know, how we defended it. But he totally settled on that shot. Right. I mean, it would have been pretty sick if he hit it. Didn't need a three. Um, it was
0: tied. You didn't need a three. So. But yeah,
1: I mean, and he was, he was making shots most of the game. It wasn't like he was shooting 60% right. where he was justified to take it. And then post game, uh, Wisconsin's coach Greg Gard was very passive aggressive in <laughs> just their whole offensive execution, and I think he like acknowledged that shot loosely. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, Chuck, he wasn't having a spectacular game, but he was he was making shots,
1: yeah. and some of going. those step backs.
0: I mean, it's just like you, it looked just you know it's going in. It was almost odd. It seemed like he could make these just difficult shots, but sometimes miss some of the easy ones. Uh, that would have been, like you said, the ultimate villain moment of shushing the crowd. That would have been tough for Husker I mean, that's, fans.
1: That might be like that's probably not Sports Center if he if Right. He oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Hometown Kid comes back, yep. big ten game. does mm-hmm. beater.
0: And it's also been it was the first year that he is kind of the face of the Wisconsin team. Yeah. Um, you know, last year they had Davis. So definitely the, his moment to shine through and he was unable to do it. Uh I don't think the booze really affected him, but maybe, maybe in his head he wanted to take that last shot to quiet yeah. him, and that could have forced him to take a shot that He probably shouldn't have taken.
1: I agree with that idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder what this – I don't want to get too far down the show, but I wonder what <laughs> this Nebraska team would look like if they had landed mm. Everton. So you probably don't have Sam Griesel. Yeah. Maybe – I don't know. Maybe you still do. Um, That's an interesting hypothetical. I don't think it makes them – I mean, you could argue, fo- so fully healthy, I think this Nebraska team is an IT team, and we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. I think they'd have an outside chance at tournament push. Um, if you add Hepburn, I guess fully healthy, if you add Hepburn, I'd probably say they're a tournament team, hypothetically. Um, if you add Hepburn to, like, what they've had, right? You know, they're not. He's, I mean, Wisconsin isn't necessarily no. an IT team, or a tournament team. Yeah. And you could argue that um, Wisconsin's roster isn't really superior to Nebraska's, as is, but... Um that program has been pro- – program Nebraska in multiple sports would like to model itself after. Absolutely. If you're Hepburn, I mean, that's a no-brainer to go Wisconsin over Nebraska, especially given the fact of
0: what each team did last year. Obviously, Wisconsin yeah. kind of fell out in the tournament, and there were a couple of uh, Wisconsin fans near where I was sitting, and they were drawing some interesting things from Nebraska fans talking about the Iowa State game last year in the tournament. So – Chucky Epburn, if he doesn't make it this year, he'll have one, one tournament win over under his belt, but that's probably going to be more than he would have gotten at Nebraska, um, as we all know all too well. Um, let's talk about Tominaga. Uh, just inc- – I, I can't even – it's just otherworldly. I mean, the, yes. dude, the dude has – I wouldn't say come out of nowhere because he, we've seen him do similar things to this in years past and earlier this year. But with the consistency – is what I have been really impressed with because we've seen him have just weird shooting nights where he just can't miss, but then the next game he'll have zero or have two points or can't get anything going. This The last couple of weeks, he has been consistent and consistently spectacular.
1: Yeah, he's been great. I mean, uh, I think even before this three-game stretch, we could say like this mm-hmm. season was a net positive for him. Um, I think he was averaging 10 or 11 points going into this. But yeah, I mean, the last three games averaging over – 25 points across the 3 games, shooting probably 48 or 49% from 3. He's missed he's like one shot away from being 50%. Mm-hmm. Um like 60 something percent overall. Uh yeah, I mean, and then Nebraska winning 2 of the 3 against bubble teams um and him playing a massive role in that. Um it's been very impressive.
0: Absolutely. I don't think has there been a time where they had two back-to-back home wins during your time here, like from a Big Ten, Big Ten wins? Because I can't—I would doubt it since they haven't won too many games. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should know that, but I don't think so. Because I mean, that's still—that's a pretty impressive feat, especially like you said against bubble teams, where that's a game you have to win if you're Penn State um, mm-hmm. or uh, Wisconsin. So, I think I think it's been really impressive um, what they've done lately uh going forward here we you, you mentioned the NIT you think there's a path to the NIT for Nebraska
1: yeah i i think there's a very loose path um it's it's not paved they're going to have to do some of the work themselves um and it probably it constitutes at the very least them winning two of their last three home games um Probably winning one of their last two road games. Um, I don't know. that. So, I mean, they've been really good at home for them to go two of three. You know, beat they should beat Minnesota. I'd be pretty mm-hmm. surprised if they don't. Um, and then I almost feel like they'll probably beat one of Michigan State of Maryland. Um, but, yeah, it's winning one of those road games. Um, they play Rutgers tonight, which this pot will be out by then. Don't expect them to win that. No. Um, maybe they beat Iowa again. That'd be... That'd be something for them to get the season sweep there. Um, I don't know. i always been pretty solid lately. But yeah, so I mean, you if you somehow win, what would it be, three of those last five, you still need some work to do. You're sitting at 15 and 16.
0: Which would um, be a great record for yeah, a Hoyrag, regardless we'll a, of what they do in
1: the postseason. It we'll would be a very good record. I, I think my prognostication, I don't know if I have this on record, before the season was a few games under 500 and mm-hmm. competitive. And that's what this has been, and maybe had the potential to be more.
0: And you, and when we're factoring that in, we think they have that veteran leadership. We didn't think that Sam Hoyberg was going to be getting significant yeah. minutes, so the injuries we didn't factor into that, and they're still been able to do that, which which is, in my mind, is exceeded
1: expectations. Yeah, Hoyberg or Jamarcus Florence right. or Denim Dawson. Um, yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, so that would that would that hypothetical would put him at 15-16, um, You know. Vanderbilt made the NIT at 17 and 16 last year. So if Nebraska wins two Big Ten tournament games and then loses, they would be 500. Probably doesn't get him in. So I don't know. They probably need to either win three of these last five games and then win make it to the Big Ten tournament semifinals. Or they need to win um, all three of those home games. Or so four of those last five games and then two games to the Big Ten tournament. And I think they would have a coin flip at that point.
0: Right. I think we need, and we were talking about this before the show, we need some sort of bubble watch here for the NIT. We need yes. some, you know, a, a face for the bubble on the NIT because, you know, we, we need to ask, hey, you know, Nebraska's ha- suffered a lot of injuries. They've really heated heat up lately. Is that going to help their chances towards a – Towards a you know in an argument against another team that's right on the bubble of the NIT, we have that for the uh, NCAA tournament. We do not have that for the NIT. I guess enough people don't care, but like you said, maybe a niche market to grab into there. I like their chances in the Big Ten tournament, and I and and just because of how competitive Nebraska's been against superior opponents, even in the games where they lost, like you've you've seen, it's it, it just wasn't like last year where it was just a complete blowout. It's There is a path to victory in most of these games, even against Michigan, where Michigan just had a just disgusting night shooting. Nebraska still kind of stuck with them, even though they lost by, what was it, 18 or something. But it wasn't like from the outset, it was just Michigan couldn't miss a shot, and so it was almost impossible for Nebraska to do anything against that talent. But they've been competitive. I think there's a lot of these upper echelon teams. Northwestern's sitting at third in the conference right now, tied um, with Indiana, We've seen Nebraska play with both of those teams, so even if they get into a quarterfinal situation in the Big Big Ten where they have to win a game to get to the NIT, I think I like their chances to do that. Now, we've we saw last year where you know Northwestern shot the lights out against them and they knocked them out right away, so that's certainly also possible. The ebbs and flows of Nebraska basketball is similar to Nebraska weather, where sixty degrees one day, hailing the next day, like we got today. So it's really up in the air. Um, if you had to
1: predict what's Nebraska's final record um I'll go um what would that be 14 and 17 which I think constitutes a success um I think they'll beat Minnesota at home and I think they'll beat one of Maryland and Michigan State um which another you know borderline signature win Mm -hmm. that's it those are both NCAA tournament teams they'll be high single digit seeds um I mean when you stack that to what Creighton Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State, and Ohio State wins are solid. That's a, that should be a pretty good season for yeah. Nebraska to build upon.
0: Absolutely. I think I agree with you there. I think I like their odds of beating Michigan State a little bit more than Maryland. Yeah. I thought Maryland kind of bullied them for quite a bit in that game. But, again, at, the ho- at home, it's going to be a completely different story there. Uh, anything else you want to touch on with Nebraska men's basketball?
1: Uh, the only other thing I'd written down was um, – Tominaga in the midst of his toward run. Um, if you had maybe a little bit of luck, I'd call it. He's on the precipice of um, a really impressive statistical oddity. Um, he is just off of a 50-40-90, that mythical shooting stat line above 50% for overall field goal percentage, 40% for three, 90% for the free throw line. Um, what do you think is the only area he's lacking in? Is it, know, is it
0: is it free throws?
1: It is free throws. Okay. It's I 86%. It,
0: it's Nebraska 2023. I would assume that the free throws are a little bit uh, – that's been an issue. It wasn't an issue this this week, though. There were some big It was, shots and then of, it wasn't. Okay, you're right.
1: Not down the stretch, it wasn't.
0: They could have been in the, – they would have been in the game earlier had they made their free throws when they – earlier in the game. Yeah. But they made them when it counts, so you got to give them credit there. We've seen, like against Purdue, where they come up empty on four straight possessions because – you know, Greasel's missing free throw. Free throws on uh, one and one. So, I guess there's a little bit of improvement there. That yeah, that that would make sense. The thing about Tonaga is, we, he didn't really get started at all until almost this. When was it that he had his first basket? Because it was yeah, it was, it was uh, late.
1: Was it the was his first make the first three of the game? Yeah, I think because so. Because that was 15 minutes in.
0: Yeah, so you almost got to get him going early because. His whole thing is just confidence and momentum, which yeah. is why I, I feel like you got to get him going under the basket you get a cut to him really quick, and Wisconsin was doing a good job of taking that away early um but get him get him an easy shot, and then it's like, oh, I made that one. I can make anything from the floor, yeah, uh, so good stuff from there,
1: yeah, wow. he's so fun to watch I mean like his it's crazy his shooting like it's really impressive shot making like the way he's able to contort himself to like mm-hmm. get shots off and then just his motion um he's just like constantly moving on offense coming right. off screens cutting does a good job with that and you see some really impressive mm-hmm. um finishing from that too i mean if there was there should be a six minute of the year award <laughs> in college basketball and if there was i think it would at least be a watch list guy yeah and i think he might win the big ten award okay if there was one but yeah
0: we might need to put together some awards for the uh, end of the Big Ten season maybe. That might be a uh, for your rankings. That could be something you throw in there. Or just do it separately. Um, but, yeah, when you get a screen for him, a tight screen, and he just whips right around that, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if there's a hand in his face. If he gets any any space at all, he's going to drill it in your face. So it, it is incredible to watch. I, I love the, the picture with him and Curry that has yeah. been surfed, uh, you know, Thrown around and it, it it's something to that level because that's the kind of feel it's like you know he's gonna make the shot, um and that's the same thing Curry has so. He is a spectac- I Do do you think he comes back next year? Because I have heard things that he won't, but I get, again like it's just all speculation.
1: Yeah, I mean if, if I like had to guess, yes, I would say I don't. I'm you can't be shocked in this age right. player movement. Um, I mean. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, because he'll be probably a slightly more focal point of the offense, mm-hmm. um, and he has what, one or two more years. I think one year, maybe more eligibility. Yep. But um, and I don't know that his profile has risen so much that he can move up, yeah, transfer up. I don't know how
0: well he would play on a team that isn't momentum driven, just because the team. And I think did guard say this post game? Was that where I saw this in your? Story where he's like Nebraska is so momentum driven mm-hmm. that you can't give them any, and you know Tominaga plays right into that. On a more controlled, level-headed team, I don't know if that same style of yeah. play works. Uh, and that
1: probably like feeds into their youth and yeah, just the general inexperience of having like Hoibert or Griesel, Sam Griesel, a transfer running the show. Mm-hmm. So
0: and you see that with the home performance versus away too. Yeah, when they can get the crowd on the side and. The coaches are all hyping up the crowd and Tominaga's flexing everything for Husker Faithful. But I thought it was just like 14,000 in attendance at that game, which it it, it feels like it's such a large arena that it doesn't feel always as full as, as many people as in there as there might be. Yeah, it never um, does. But that is a lot of people. And there's not a lot of college arenas where that's that kind of atmosphere with that large of an arena. With,
1: um, like, to to put it nicely, like that mediocre team. Exactly, like, this right. is a solid competitive team, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like below average power mm-hmm, five. Right, teams. if
0: you're playing in a in a stadium that would hold eight thousand and you pack them all into where you have no shoulder room, it might be a little more loud. But yeah, um, anything else for men's basketball? No. All right, let's move into women's basketball. Um, I had the privilege of covering the Nebraska women's game. Well, I say privilege. Nebraska women's game versus Illinois last week. And it was a fun game until about two minutes left in the third quarter when Illinois went on a 20-0 to scoring run. I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. And it just – you could just – because the energy was – it was a, a – there were a lot of fans in attendance. Um, Illinois, like we said, was a, was a team on the fringe of the top 25 at the time. And fans could kind of feel this is a big win. This will be great for the tournament odds. And then it all fell apart. A ten-point lead turns into a ten-point deficit in under seven minutes, and that was kind of like just—it's just a heartbreaking thing. They made one field goal in the final twelve minutes, um, made a lot of free throws, but and then they followed that effort up with a with a strong outing against Michigan. Ultimately, came up short, but that's got to be tough for them because you've got two really good teams that you just. Just fell short. You felt like you had everything in place to um, to come up. They were leading against Michigan late. Uh, they were leading against Illinois late. And just it just never came through. Um, do you think this team could still make the tournament with some wins down the stretch here?
1: 100%, yeah. Um, I mean, they're they're in like about as perilous um, footing as you can possibly be. Um, ESPN is the... It's the bracketology I've been checking for the women. Um, there aren't as many sources out there, but so anyway, the ESPN bracketology—they've been steadily dropping, like only one spot <laughs> every update, every few days. Despite um, I mean, they've lost two straight, in either last twelve or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so right now they are the second to last team in the field, um, which I mean, they'll definitely take that stringing together. Right. Back-to-back tournament appearances, no small feat, um, even if they had top 25 um, hype going into the season. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, the good news is the um, remaining schedule isn't terrible. Um, At Minnesota will be when the night this podcast drops. They should win that um, road game, but Minnesota's not great. They host Northwestern, who they beat on the road, um, and is about actually worse than Minnesota. Um, and then the Iowa game. I mean, we've been, we and every um, Nebraska <laughs> fan has had this circled on the calendar yep. for. Some people might have had this circled for since the last year. Yeah. Um, they gave Iowa a pretty good fight in Iowa City. Um, Nebraska trying to get that first win. I think over Caitlin Clark. I think they got a pretty good shot Saturday. Um, I don't know what you think, but it'll. I mean, it'll be a hell of an atmosphere. Oh, I mean, yeah. I have to try to find a way to make it there.
0: The way they stuck with Michigan showed me that they're still able to do this. The concern I have though is it's, again, this hype for Iowa and then we know what Caitlin Clark can do. She can take over a game and it also wouldn't surprise me if they just absolutely hush the crowd and blow Nebraska out. So that would yep. be pretty unfortunate for them. I, I would agree with you. I think even with a lot, I think you're gonna need at least two wins down the stretch here. Oh yeah. Um, Possibly even probably third.
1: Yeah. Third, third, you feel pretty solid yeah. about your odds. At you Illinois, that,
0: that, that worries me. That's going to be tough. Um, just because how well Illinois and, and their coach talked about this postgame, they totally changed up their scheme. And it, it was incredible because Markowski and Bourne were just destroying Illinois inside early. And just in, in an instant, neither of them could get anything going. I think they combined for like four points in the second half. Warren had zero. I think Markowski maybe had four at one field goal. That kind of coaching scares me where they now know how they can shut down Nebraska. And it just nothing was happening on the offensive side of the glass. Forced Sam Hybee to completely take over. And she literally just had the ball in her hands the entire fourth quarter trying to get to the rim. And she picked up like eight fouls. Or she didn't. She got fouled like eight times and had a bunch of trips of the free throw line, which almost had them come back. But that's not sustainable over a full full course of the game. So Nebraska has to find a way to get Bourne and Markowski going throughout the game and not fall off or, or have a slow start. Um, If that's another home game, I feel more confident, but again, that's going to be a tough one. I like their chances against uh, Northwestern and and I think they'll beat Minnesota uh, tonight, I guess, when this podcast comes out. So there's a path here, but a massive loss, you can't have a massive loss to Iowa. I think you need to keep that close because that's a, a close loss is better than a bad loss in this case. So um, yeah, I think they have a chance. Excited to see what's uh, gonna go down down the stretch.
1: Yeah, do you think there's a better chance of the Nebraska women winning an NCAA tournament game? Um, and not like a first four game, not a playing game. Mm-hmm. Them making the second round or the Nebraska men making the NIT?
0: That's
1: a really good question.
0: I would probably have to say the men getting the NIT just because I think the match, I guess it's gonna come down to the matchup though. If Nebraska women get matched up, if they're one of the lower seeds, and I'm not exactly sure how the women's tournament works, but if they're a, because they were a nine seed last year, but
1: um, I believe maybe an eight. Yeah, I think they're, yeah, right in that range. So
0: if you match up against a one or two seed first round, that probably doesn't bode well, but then again, the path to the tournament is easier, so then it comes down to that one game. Um, Nebraska men would, I think it'd be pretty. I'm actually gonna change my answer, mid-answer. I'm gonna say the women win a game just because their path to the tournament is so much easier, and then it comes down to one game.
1: I think that's the right answer. Yeah, because they're they're like, I don't know, they're fifty 50-50 to make the tournament right now. I'd say. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. You really have to I beat believe. Minnesota. Like this, um, it, it comes down 100%. to Minnesota game. You have to. Yeah, I mean that's probably a. I'm not sure. That might be a quad three loss, Ian, if they lose mm. that. Um, and certainly Northwestern might be through quad three or four loss. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's it's like a coin flip if they make the tournament, and they'll probably be like an 11 seed if they do um, as a high major team getting an at-large. They'll be 11 or 12, have to beat like a six seed in the first round. So um, not impossible. Not impossible. Probably – I don't, I don't want to throw around more percentages. I get too far into that. But yeah, men's team, um, like we said, they're two games under 500. They need to probably get to a game above 500 um, after the Big Ten tournament. And by that point, they'd have like seven good wins on their resume. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a few right now. Um, but even that happening, um, them winning two thirds or three quarters of the game from here, games from here on out. Um, not great. So yeah, I'd... I bet on the women. Probably a good bet. Um, you have any track and field updates for us, Kevin? Nothing. Nothing significant. Um, I guess something interesting to me was uh, Nebraska has a sub one forty nine 800 meter runner. Now, which is pretty impressive. Um, top fifty. You don't. You know, I'm interested in uh, distance running, and usually Nebraska hasn't been great at all in that. Aside from a couple um, recruits who transferred out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the men's team fell to ninth, um, still still top ten um, in the national ranking, which is still good. But um, they're no longer Nebraska's highest-ranked sport. No,
0: they're not because wrestling has taken over that um, calling. They are now seventh overall in the coach's poll. There's a couple of their polls, but in the coach's poll, they are seventh after a massive week. Uh, two ranked wins in one week. When was the last time we – one weekend. When was the last time we could say that for any Nebraska sport? They beat Uh number four Ohio State on Friday and followed it up with a big win over Rutgers on Sunday. Uh, A big weekend for them. Um, Rob and Labriola are still undefeated on the season, 22-0, I believe. Um, Rob's number one overall in the country. Labriola is number two in the country. This team is building in the absolute right direction. But it's just – it's so difficult as – that team because you have these immovable objects in front of you because you have Penn State and Iowa in the conference. And even when Michigan, you know, Michigan was able to win the big 10 last year, they win the big 10 and, and they don't do anything at nationals. It's just the, the this big 10 wrestling is like the SEC on steroids of, you know, SEC football, big 10 wrestling. These two teams are just impossible to pass. We saw it. Nebraska as a great team. They had no chance against Iowa. So Big Ten's coming up. They have a, ma- uh, a duel against Arizona State, interestingly enough, mm. here this weekend. So that'll be fun, a little uh, Arizona State coming up to Nebraska. Yeah, maybe so. And then they're on to the Big Ten's in Michigan. Big Ten's were here last year, didn't fare well for them. So maybe huh. not being here will be a little bit better. I like their odds to finish higher than, I believe, sixth last year. Really frustrating performance for them at Big Tens last year because they were they finished fifth at Nationals and finished sixth in the Big Tens. So you, you definitely want to finish higher in Big Tens. But I like their chances to do better this year. Exciting stuff, though, for a lot of Nebraska sports. It's been a really good couple weeks here for all-around sports. It's
1: been a pretty good winter. Yeah, it
0: absolutely has. Um, just overall, with every – it just seems like there's success in every, every stadium, every, uh, every field. That is about all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to discuss all the latest in Husker sports and preview the upcoming week. Thank you so much for listening. To that.